Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited-time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited-time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Saturday. Hey, I promised you a big interview today, and we're going to deliver. The chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, Congressman Jason Smith, he is here today. And as you know, he's the man who brought us the IRS whistleblowers. He's the man that brought you some of the new tax relief legislation that's made through Congress the last year. He's the guy that exposed anew last week the fact that the IRS is not properly protecting taxpayer private information. I had a big story on that. We talked about it earlier in the week. Jason Smith's here to describe how he's going to fix it and also what else to be looking for in the impeachment inquiry that he's a major player. And he's one of the three big poobahs there. Jason Smith, Jim Jordan, James Comer, all working hard to inform the American public. And he's going to give you that. In the second half of the show, we're going to focus on the Iran proxy war, which is in most visible in the Hamas-Israel war, but also in the Red Sea, in Iraq, in Syria, where our troops are getting attacked. Former Israeli ambassador to the United States, Mike Warren. Remember yesterday, Greg Stubbe said, I want to end all U.S. funding for the U.N. relief agency that operates in Gaza. Well, Ambassador Michael Warren wants to go a step further. He wants to kick the United Nations out of New York City, where it's had its storied headquarters for many years. He's going to explain why. And then we'll finish up with Victoria Coates. So I think it likes the idea a lot. Probably, I'm going to guess, is going to support both Stubbe and Ambassador Oren's ideas. But we'll have Victoria Coates, former Deputy National Security Advisor, in the third block of the show. That's a pretty darn good deal, and I'm pretty excited to have all three of those guests today. Now, before we go to quick commercial break, you know I'm always trying to get healthier. This last year, it's been about focusing on my health, losing weight, lowering my cholesterol, lowering my blood sugars, eating more healthy without having to spend a lot more time getting healthy food. And one way I do that is with this incredible product called Field of Greens. One scoop a day, I get five servings of fruit and vegetables in a single scoop. I usually put it on my eggs or in my morning drink. It tastes great. I particularly like the fruit flavors. And it's completely improved my life. And so I want you to enjoy this because once you start getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in your diet, your weight goes down, your sugar goes down, your cholesterol goes down, your energy goes up, your sleeping becomes more comfortable. I've experienced all of that. When people look at me and say, hey, John, you look a lot better. Great. One of my secrets is 
Field of Green. So go check them out today. How do you do that? We'll get you 15% off because you're a Just the News, John Solomon Reports fan. Go to fieldofgreens.com and just use the promo code Just News. Fieldofgreens.com. Use the promo code Just News for 15% off your first offer. All right, right around the corner. We won't disappoint. House Ways and Means Chairman Jason Smith, the man who found the IRS whistleblowers right after these messages. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. We're very lucky today to be joined by the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee. If you recognized a federal tax cut in the last decade, you would have felt the work of Jason Smith. If you saw those brave IRS whistleblowers, you would have seen his great work because he's the one who gave them whistleblower protection and brought the Hunter Biden story to life through the work of those agents. And if you read a story the other day on Just the News that went through the history of the IRS failing to protect your confidential tax information, even after the criminal tax leak of Donald Trump and other wealthy people's tax returns, even after two decades 
of warnings. When I was an AP reporter in 2002, I started writing on this issue. And believe it or not, 22 years later, it's still not fixed. And we know that because Chairman Jason Smith got the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration to dig in and confirm it. And he joins us right now. Congressman Jason Smith, great to have you on the show today. It's great to be with you, John. Sir, I'd like to say I'm surprised, but after two and a half decades of covering the IRS, I guess I'm not anymore. But the idea that we have contractors who left the IRS, they still had access to internal sensitive information, people who failed background checks, they're not even supposed to have any access. They had it. We learned this because of the good work and oversight you've done. How disturbing is this revelation? John, it's extremely disturbing. The IRS needs to do everything they can to protect um, taxpayer information. It's quite sensitive. We saw what what happened with the ProPublica leak three years ago. I don't know if they're... And my question was, um, has the IRS done anything to make sure that that they are safeguarding taxpayer information. So we asked TIGDA to do this report, to do this investigation, and what they came back was quite alarming. When you look at an example in the report, they highlighted 19 different sub 19 different contractors that they had exactly what Mr. Littlejohn, the guy who stole the thousands yeah. of taxpayer information and released it to the New York Times, 19 fell the background check and still had access to all of this taxpayer information. We also saw that more than 260 individuals who no longer work for the IRS still had had access to all the taxpayer information. That is not that is not appropriate. Oh, it's unthinkable. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. And and Mr. Chairman, I mean in the in the case of Mr. Littlejohn, it is a crime and a major cultural problem at the IRS what he did. But it's also a symptom of the problem, which is this unprecedented illegal access. And for all of the American taxpayers whose data is caught up in these loops where you have unvetted or unapproved upon vetting um, entities that have their taxpayer information, if something happens to that, is there any recourse for taxpayers? Let me tell you, um, very little recourse. And if you just look at the the conviction that Mr. Littlejohn had, he was sentenced to the maximum penalty of five years. And he was only charged with one count by the Justice Department, even though he leaked taxpayer information of thousands of individuals, including the president of the United States. And he didn't just leak it once. He leaked it multiple times. We need to make sure that there are more significant penalties for this kind of behavior, because because a five year sentence to to going after this kind of information is so, so small and it will not stop future activity of this. Yeah, that's a real concern. Yeah, there's no doubt. Sir, I want to talk about uh, another part of your investigative work, because you've done such great work with the IRS whistleblowers and bringing to life a whole other part of the Biden family grift that was going on. We now know from all the good work that uh, whether it's Tony Bobulinski or Rob Walker uh, or Devin Archer, uh, Joe Biden was the rainmaker. He'd come in, and when there was about to be some money that maybe the Biden family could score, Joe Biden met with him at a restaurant or at a hotel or at the Naval observatory and then the money flows right around the time of that and one time it was after getting off the plane in Beijing. Uh, is there any doubt in your mind that Joe Biden was purposefully aiding and abetting the effort for his family to shake down foreign money? 
You know, as Tony Bobolinsky said this week in in the depositions before the House Ways and Means Committee, the Judiciary Committee, and the Oversight Committee, is the fact that Joe Biden was not just a participant. He was an enabler. That's exactly what Tony Bobolinsky testified this weekend. He also highlighted, John, that Joe Biden, Joe Biden was the brand that the Bidens were selling all over the world for access. And that's exactly what the IRS whistleblowers highlighted in their WhatsApp messages that they gave the Ways and Means Committee. So it confirms everything that the IRS whistleblowers had provided to the Ways and Means Committee in regards to Joe Biden being the brand sold all over the world. Mm, Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's been incredible to hear what has come out from from your committee, from oversight, from judiciary. Um, and I know that, that typically when you have an investigation like this, it's really important to create layers of corroboration between these witnesses. So as John was mentioning, Tony Bobolinsky, uh, Devin Archer, Rob Walker, of course, Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler, who have appeared numerous times. Um, do you expect to have some repeat appearances for these people in order to create more of that corroboration to substantiate what you found? I think you definitely will, because as we continue to pull more, uh, go through more layers of the onion, we just keep finding additional information that leads to one way or another. The prime example is all the email aliases that um, Jamie Comer was working on and trying to get access in whenever whenever Mr. Ziegler discovered some of those those aliases, he's like, we had no idea what these email accounts was. And then he provided us additional information that, in fact, that was Joe Biden that was having all this communications that was part of the IRS investigation, but they could never figure out who is this person. Well, it just happened to be the current president of the United States. The fact that Tony Bobolinsky testified this week in, in the depositions saying that Um, Right after Joe Biden left the vice presidency in 2017, the time, the location, he met with with President Biden to explain the Biden's um, business dealings with the Chinese energy company. And then three years later, you saw you saw Joe Biden on the stage with President Trump saying that his son's not received any Chinese money and that he. knew zero about his son's business dealings. We know all that's not true now. Yeah, and we know because of your good work and Chairman Jordan's good work and Chairman Comer's good work. It's, it's, I know it's been like a dental extraction exercise getting the truth, but you've gotten it. We've got about nine months to election, sir, and I want to see if you could give me your best guess of what still needs to be done and on what timetable to get to an informed decision about whether the House will actually impeach uh, President Biden. It seems like one big step is you've got to get the president's personal bank records. Is that underway? We, we are attempting to get additional information, including um, uh, any financial records that that lead to President Biden. Um, we're hitting some roadblocks, but we're going to continue pushing through. We're following the facts and the facts are leading us in a lot of different different directions. But um, we're going to we're going to try to get this sealed up as soon as possible. Yeah, that's important. Fantastic. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I want to bring the conversation full circle back to the IRS. Um, it is an extremely rickety and clumsy organization, not to mention a lot of problems uh, that have been endemic to that organization specifically, as Sean has reported on. 
When they recently had a major, major cash injection, uh, it doesn't seem to have improved any of the antiquated aspects of the agency. Are they spending that money wisely? We had the commissioner of the IRS before our committee today, and I specifically was asking the question about the $80 billion that that they got uh, through the Inflation Reduction Act by um, Joe Biden and the House and Senate Democrats. And they are still in the process of trying to improve technology. They're still in the process of trying to improve customer service. And as I said, they need to get in the process in protecting taxpayer information. And that's what we have to continue to push. The IRS doesn't need $80 billion. I've been trying every angle that I can to pull that money back and spend it other places or just put it on the national debt for one. But the IRS, the last thing we need is $80 billion for 87,000 additional agents can target working class Americans in more audits. And that's, in fact, what they would do. The 1099K issue that this administration pushed through that would require anyone who has more than $600 going into their Venmo account or their PayPal account, say if they sold a used used couch, now that the IRS is going to have to report that, 44 44 million individuals would have to have additional tax documents. Folks, don't go anywhere. We got a good second segment this Saturday. Ambassador Michael Orn, the former Israeli ambassador to the United States, a truth teller. He doesn't mince words. He's got something to say about the United Nations. It's going to tickle your ears right after these messages. Angie's List is now Angie, A-N-G-I, the nation's largest home services marketplace. And they're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project is, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. That's what you want, right? I'm uh, thinking about building out my basement in my cabin. I've been perusing Angie, looking for just the right contractor to get it done the way my wife and I want it done. Now, Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and right in your neighborhood. That's important, right? You can do comparative shopping. Get started today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today. The app and the website are free to use. Angie.com or the Angie app. Go check it out today. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. 
He's a former Israeli ambassador to the United States, and he joins us right now, Ambassador Michael Oren. Sir, good to have you back on the show. Always good to be with both of you, John, Amanda. It is an honor, sir. Always an honor to have you on. I just want to ask bluntly, had Israel, had Prime Minister Netanyahu listened to Joe Biden and the pressure from the administration, would these two hostages be free this morning? Oh, I think that Israel is not going to listen to anybody when it comes to releasing hostages. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that a moment of rare relief from the, the horrors of October 7th and the aftermath uh, previously, we've only been able to release one hostage. It was a female soldier. These are the first civilians we've been able to release. And that the administration came out and pointed out, you know, that, that, that yeah, they're glad the hostages were out, but they also expressed regret for the Palestinians killed in that operation. Uh, rather than say, listen, first of all, you know, Hamas says that Palestinians are killed. And the Gaza health industry, the Gaza health ministry is Hamas, let's say, and, and, and Hamas will always inflate their casualty figures, but it also they also include the dead terrorists among the listing of the dead. We don't know. You know, it started off being 60 Palestinians dead. It went to 100 Palestinians. We don't know how many of those dead were terrorists. We know that the terrorists opened an intense fire on our special forces who were sent to release those hostages. So right there is, is a problem. And then the second problem is, who's responsible for those Palestinian deaths? Israel responsible for the Palestinian deaths? If there were no hostages... If Hamas hadn't attacked us, if Hamas hadn't taken those hostages, there'd be no Palestinian deaths. I didn't hear a condemnation of Hamas, did you? No. Mm. no you're right. No. We didn't. Absolutely not. Um, sir, I wanted to ask you about this restage ceasefire. Um, I think that over the course it would take 135 days. There are a number of what seem to be laughable aspects to this uh, proposal, not the least of which would be a, a gain in geographical proximity of Hamas to areas of Israel. Um, it didn't really seem like a serious proposition, but for Hamas, it seemed a little bit more like a PR proposal. It's not serious at all. And it's very disturbing to read headlines such as the New York Times, you know, Israel turns down Hamas offer for ceasefire. It makes it, it puts all the culpability on Israel. But of course, that is, it, it, if it weren't so tragic, it'd be laughable. And, and it's this, the Hamas wants in return for three stages released of the hostages, and they're not going to say they release all of the hostages, because probably they won't release all the hostages, but a three-stage release of hostages. And we think that maybe 80 are left alive of the 132 still in, in captivity. Um, that in return from that, Israel would have to withdraw all of its forces from Gaza. It would have to declare an unending ceasefire, which means basically Hamas wins the war. Israel declares that it loses the war. But if that weren't bad enough, Israel would have to release from our prisons some 1,500 terrorists who have hundreds of Israeli uh, lives on their hand, the blood of those people on their hands, um, and the families of those terrorists, uh, of, those, of those victims would be devastated. Our legal system would be devastated. Terrorism would be uh, incentivized. You know, you know, you're going to kill an Israeli, you're going to get out of prison in a couple of days. Um, and we know that every time we release terrorists in these deals, they go back to becoming terrorists, including um, Yahya Sinwar, the head of Hamas, who was released in, uh, in the deal of Gilad Shalit, the exchange of 2011. So, of course, it's a non-starter. And, of course, it's, it's deeply, deeply uh, fraudulent to claim that Israel has rejected this and we bear the responsibility for rejecting a ceasefire. Israel has proven that it's willing to agree to very limited ceasefires in return for a significant release 
uh, of hostages and the release from our prisons of, of Palestinian uh, prisoners who don't have blood on their hands. I think it's a good precedent, and I think that the only way we're going to get back to those type of hostage releases is by keeping up the military pressure on Hamas. Yeah, it's, a, it's the only only strategy. It's what the United States did after it was attacked on 9-11. There's the only one way to pursue this. Sir, I want to uh, turn to the United Nations, which obviously was created to uh, advocate for peace uh, several decades ago. But now it seems to be at least some of its people deeply embedded with Hamas and its violent activities. The revelations about the staging center under the U.N. headquarters and uh, the involvement of U.N. paid personnel in the October 7 aftermath. Uh, I'd like to get your overall reaction. We had a chance to talk to you about since those revelations. And also, is it time for the United States and other Western countries to reevaluate the relationship they have with the U.N. when you start hearing things like this? Definitely. Well, we're talking about UNRWA. This is the United States Relief, United Nations Relief and Works Association. It's the only um, refugee organization that exists for one people. All of the refugees in the world, the hundreds of millions of refugees in the world, are taken care of by the UN High Commissioner for Refugees. But just the Palestinians have their own organization. It is the only refugee organization that recognizes refugee status passed on from father to son. So, if you're the great grandchild of a refugee from 1948, you're still a refugee. And you're still a refugee even if you've gotten citizenship uh, in other countries, like in Jordan, uh, where the Palestinians have gotten, have received a citizenship. You're still a refugee. And you're a refugee if you're a Palestinian living in Gaza or a refugee living in the West Bank, which are part of Palestine. You can't make all this up. Uh, and UNRWA educates its children, its students, to, uh, to seek Israel's destruction. They do not educate for peace. And now we've discovered, surprise, surprise, uh, that 12 uh, UNRWA teachers were involved, uh, took part in the, in the atrocities of October 7th. And now this week we discovered that the major Hamas intelligence center was right underneath an UNRWA school, uh, as if the people in UNRWA didn't know about it. You know, the head of UNRWA, Lozini, was shocked, shocked to find out <laughs> that there was a, a Hamas uh, intelligence center just beneath the UNRWA school. It's high time. It's high time that not only was UNRWA dismantled, because it is actually a factor uh, that works against peace in the Middle East. It's actually, you're not doing the Palestinians a favor by keeping UNRWA operating. You're actually hurting the Palestinians. And uh, and broadly speaking, since I'm not an ambassador anymore, John and Amanda, I can say very out-of-the-box things. I think it's high time that the United States uh, told the UN that it's persona non grata in the city of New York. I, I don't understand why the city of New York... Uh, and those New Yorkers who suffer terribly from all those General Assembly visits by foreign leaders, uh, I don't understand why, why New York uh, should host a, an avowedly anti-Semitic organization. They should relocate to a more amenable place like Damascus or, or Tehran. Wow. That's very powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Ambassador, I want to go back to uh, what John was asking at the beginning about, you know, if Israel had followed the Biden administration's directives, I, I don't think that those two men would be home with their families right now. But, you know, there there is a difference in the words and the action of this administration. But there's also a difference in words and the words of this administration. They claim to support Israel. Um, but at the same time, you had Biden giving this press conference last week saying that Israel's response was over the top. And that is, I think, wholly unhelpful to Israel. What what does Israel need to hear point blank? unequivocal from the Biden administration that would actually move things along for Israel as far as our relationship with, with them, with you? Well, remarks such as the president saying that they'll be over the top or the secretary of state saying we have dehumanized uh, uh, Palestinians, those are, those are not 
harm, those are not just harmful, they're actually very dangerous to the state of Israel um, because we are being accused of, com of committing war crimes, even, even genocide. We recently just got through a, a court case, the International Court of Justice, by the skin of our teeth, we weren't, a, we weren't found guilty of genocide. Next time there's a court case like that, the president's remarks, the secretary of state remarks will be adduced right. as exhibit A and B. You know, your own allies uh, say that you're guilty of war crimes. So it's actually dangerous for us and can result in boycotts and sanctions, which can cause us deep strategic damage. Now, the Biden administration has been giving us two essential services since October 7th, uh, ammunition and, uh, and, a, and a resistance to a ceasefire. I call it ammo and veto. Um, but the ammo I hear from my sources is now being squeezed. It's being reduced. And uh, many uh, utterances emanating from Washington to the fact that the, the administration will soon be calling for a ceasefire as well. And understand that a ceasefire for us basically means Hamas wins. Israel loses, and I don't know how we survive that. We will not be able to restore our sovereignty, our security, or even the 200,000 Israelis who have been displaced by, from their homes, uh, by this war. So th these are, these are not just, these are not just, you know, sort of off the cuff statements. All right, folks, we got another good one. Victoria Coates, the former Deputy National Security Advisor, going to round out things here on John Solomon Reports, the Saturday edition, right after these messages. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advice fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love that's donorstrust.org slash just news all right folks as we draw near to another critical election it's not only about casting your vote it's about elevating your voice making your voice be heard amac is more than just a senior discount organization they unite like-minded patriots like you and i committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, Visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. 
Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. Welcome back, America. Earlier today, President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden welcomed the Jordanian king and queen to the White House. Those are very important allies in the Middle East. It was an important meeting and a visit. And while the president and king delivered remarks following the brief meeting, we continue to see strife and ongoing acts of self-defense and deterrence levied by our own military in the Middle East. Our next guest has spearheaded national security strategy for President Trump's administration. Now she does it for the Extraordinary Heritage Foundation. She's our good friend, Victoria Coates, and she joins us right now. Victoria, great to have you back on the show. Thank you, John. Good to be with you and Amanda. It's great to have you. In fact, today more than ever, because we just had a few moments ago, the Israeli ambassador, former Israeli ambassador to the United States, Michael Oren, and he said something pretty provocative, which is it's time for the United States to kick the United Nations out of its cozy headquarters in New York, maybe send them to Damascus, someplace like that. He says they simply aren't fighting for peace anymore. I'd like to get your reaction to his perceptions. Very, very poignant moment in our interview. It really is because, you know, Ambassador Oren is hardly a bomb thrower, you know, in terms of being what you would call a right wing extremist in Israel. That maybe is where most of my friends seem to live. But, uh, you know, he's been by reputation much more of a centrist. And I think the outrageous behavior that has been displayed in, you know, not displayed, but exposed, uh, particularly since October 7th of the United Nations Relief Works Agency, in particular, the U.N., uh, body that that controls a lot of so-called humanitarian assistance to Gaza, you know, that that they have basically been commingled with and are cooperating with Hamas. And I had wanted to make sure to tell you, I had the honor of going up to the Israeli uh, embassy with their current ambassador, Michael Herzog, uh, at the end of last week to uh, to see the atrocities film of what the Hamas people aided and abetted, as we now know, by UNRWA. Uh, what they carried out on on October 7th. And once you see that footage, you just you you can't countenance these people anymore and what what they did and the inhumanity of it. And to have the U.N. bellyaching about Israeli so-called war crimes when when they know what Hamas aided by their own staff did, it, it's just outrageous. So I'm I can associate myself proudly with Ambassador Oren's comments. <laughs> Yeah. And and I think that, you know, there is a growing body of people who are disgruntled with the U.N. Its operations want it at least moved, if not dismantled altogether. Um, It's been a little bit harder, it seems, to get Democrats on board with that idea, which which is strange to me, considering the you know, how, how much they value checking off boxes. You know, there are certain protected classes in America and one of them is women. They claim to truly, truly care about women. And when you look at the U.N. and the way that they have turned a blind eye to the atrocities, the human rights abuses in Israel at the hands of Hamas, specifically with women, that seems like a really good way to get people more on board with some type of major upheaval at the U.N. Yeah, I think I think just the defunct nature of the entire institution, as you know, I have a background in in art history. And so when I look Mm -hmm. at something like UNESCO, which has utterly failed to take care of any number of historical treasures in, say, Afghanistan or in Syria, I mean, that's failed. They failed to do anything productive. We're going on more than 10 years of of war in Syria. We've got two years of war in Ukraine. What, What has the United Nations done to alleviate either of those situations? And of course, the America is the biggest funder of this thing. So the United States taxpayer is disproportionately on the hook paying for these activities, which are in many cases virulently anti-American. 
So I think I think we have to admit it failed. I think that is hard for Obama, Biden, globalist Democrats who want to solve everything by committee, want to abdicate the United States' leadership position to some kind of international body. But the fact of the matter is they, they can't do it. And our world is 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 not safer for their existence. Yeah, such an important point. Um, there's been a lot of demagoguery the last few days in the news media and among Democrats that uh, somehow Donald Trump will destroy the NATO alliance and unleash hell on Europe should he become president again. Uh, not all of them are Democrats. Uh, John Bolton, former National Security Advisor Trump, he was playing into this a little bit today. Uh, could you walk us through what President Trump really said and what it really means for the future of NATO? Well, well, I agree with with John on on his assessment of the of the United Nations. I, I disagree on his assessment of of the Trump approach to NATO because the fact of the matter is that President Trump was president for four years and he didn't get out of NATO. Right. He didn't initiate a process to do that. We hosted the NATO Secretary General at the Heritage Week before last, and before our, our onstage discussion, uh, Stoltenberg said to me, you know, he, he really did more to increase European defense spending than any other American president in history. And I think, you know, President Trump's point is quite simple. Article 3 of NATO, which is the charter, the charter, which everyone talks about, Article 3 is that all member nations will provide for the common defense, that will, you know, will, will fund the common defense. And it is only after you get through Article 3 that you get to Article 5, which is that you then have the privilege of uh, having the rest of NATO respond to attack on you like an attack on that. So if you're not achieving what you're supposed to achieve at 3, it is not at all clear to me that you are then somehow have a sacred right to Article 5. Either the whole charter is something you're committed to uh, or it, it's not worth the paper it's written on. It's not it's not an optional uh, kind of a thing that we might do one, but we for sure we get the United States to come defend us. And I think that's all President Trump is saying. And I think he would be, a, once again, a very effective advocate for NATO doing what it's supposed to do uh, and NATO members doing what they're supposed to do, especially at a time that the continent is at, is at war. Yeah. Victoria, I have heard, at least from my generation, for a very, very long time that the United States should not be the world police and we should not be the world bank. Uh, President Trump had an interesting idea and said, that's true, we shouldn't be the world's bank, we shouldn't be just pouring out money, but maybe we can be the world's lender. Uh, he proposed the notion that anytime we, we allot foreign aid to another nation, it, could be, it should be considered a loan instead of just a handout. What do you think about that? No, I think this would be critically important because, you know, the the so-called strategy President Biden has laid out for Ukraine and the closest I've been able to come to something like that is his repeated statements of as much as it takes as for as long as it takes. You know, that's not in his authority to promise. He can he can pro he can give as much as the Congress appropriates for as long as they appropriate it. And he has never seen any limit on that, however, that we should just keep appropriating these massive pots of money, most recently the request for $60 billion, which is much more than we've given at, at any particular time to Ukraine. And as you said, all of it has been grants. It has been a direct assistance, in some case, literally wiring cash to Kiev, which you can debate the wisdom of, but that's what we've been doing. And I think President Trump's assertion that, that this could be, you know, a, a loan structure and, you know, that would be a, obviously for a country at war, you would you wouldn't want to turn the screws on them. But, you know, Ukraine will be a prosperous country again, at which point they should have some sense of obligation 
to the American mm-hmm. taxpayer. And oh, by the way, the majority of what the EU is now running around, the European Union is now running around Washington trumpeting that they're giving, they're giving it as loans. So the you know they they aren't giving more in terms of direct grants than the United States is. You know we are remain the, the biggest donor on Ukraine by a considerable factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second part of the criticism, which also seems folly, is that somehow President Trump was telling Russia you can attack anyone who isn't paid up on their NATO dues. That was never the president's intention, was it? No, I mean, and the fact of the matter is what I think is frustrating to him would be that that under unlike President Obama or President Biden, there was not a Russian attack on Europe during his presidency because he was very clear that that was not going to be acceptable to the United States. The uh, President Biden had a much weaker showing toward Putin, uh, who was quite sure he knew exactly what Biden would do. And he was emboldened to, you know, both partner with his now Chinese patrons and to go into Ukraine and create this extensive, bloody, now we're going to look at two years of, of war on Europe for the first time in, in over seven decades. So I think I think President Trump is very frustrated, correctly so, about how the Europeans two years into this war still aren't focusing their attention on what they need to do to take care of security in Europe as we're facing other obligations in the Middle East and potentially Asia. And he's, he's right to to point out to them that, you know, they cannot just assume that the United States is going to be here as as their piggy bank of choice in yeah. perpetuity. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in today. A big thank you to Congressman Jason Smith, Ambassador Michael Oren, former Deputy National Security Advisor Victoria Coates, three of the smartest people I know and three real movers and shakers on the front line of history today. A big thank you to all of them. We'll be back tomorrow with a good one. Cash Patel's got something to say. Brandon Judd, Congressman Ben Klein, and John Schneider, the great actor, the great country music singer. He's got a brand new song. She's worth it. You're going to get to hear him and the song on Sunday. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Until then, God bless. Have a good night. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. 
But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. 